Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. The story, uh, not just here but right around the world, is gun violence once again. I know it's 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 very very frustrating to be talking about this, but I mean it's happening on a it's consistently and, and sadly frequent basis. Thirty-one people killed in shootings this past weekend in El Paso and Dayton, Ohio. Uh, Donald Trump, of course, spoke about the violence, uh, calling for unity, blaming violent video games and mental illness and hate. Uh, didn't mention much about uh, access to firearms as as part of the reasons for the problem. But it's not just a United States problem. Uh, there were 13 shootings in the Toronto area alone this past weekend. Another shooting in the west end of Hamilton this past weekend. And, of course, uh, we add on to that, of course, the tragic death of a young Hamilton man last Monday who was shot to death in his own home. What is happening and why are we wringing our hands but apparently not doing a whole lot about this? Well, we're pointing fingers at each other, but we don't seem to be solving the problem at all. Michael Tobe Jones has said, Michael, of course, is a Troy Media syndicated columnist and Washington Times contributor and always a welcome guest on The Bill Kelly Show. Michael, good morning. How are you today? I'm good, Bill. How are you doing? Great. Uh, great to be back after a couple of weeks off. Sadly, I've been following the news that's been going on over the last little while. Yeah. Uh, this is, is this becoming just white noise to us, Michael? I mean, I know we get upset about this. We hear the, the, the old cliche, thoughts and prayers for the victims and their families, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Right. But we're not moving the ball ahead very much here. No, uh, it's a tough issue. I agree. And, you know, obviously you're right. A lot of people have been saying the same thing about how horrible it is, you know, how awful it is, how things need to change. Or they lay blame at, the, at people's different feet. They lay blame at, at, say, U.S. President Donald Trump and others. What's really the problem is because if you just look at people, oh man, this is an obvious point, Bill. Gun violence has been occurring long before Donald Trump ever became U.S. President. So to say that he has suddenly changed the parameter or that the goalposts have moved in a certain direction. I'm sorry, that's just not true. What is happening, though, is we're seeing a lot more frequency in terms of the amount of gun violence, which also extends into both um, Barack Obama's presidency and George W. Bush's presidency. And again, I don't think we should necessarily blame either of them for this, but a lot of things are not being resolved. Now, I think something is starting to happen, at least in the U.S. anyway, the New York Post on their front cover over the weekend had basically a screaming headline saying that assault weapons need to be banned. The New York Post, for people who don't know, is a right-of-center newspaper in the U.S., and that's pretty rare to see. Mm-hmm. But, it's a, but it's a sign that people are starting to get frustrated with what's happening. And, you know, you can also use, for example, when Mr. Trump came out and talked about the fact that, you know, that Hatred is unacceptable in the United States. Things need to be fixed. And yes, while he mostly did blame things such as video games and other components without mentioning guns, I agree with that, at least what he's trying to do, which I think is accurate, is he's trying to push the conversation maybe not as directly towards guns as they possibly can, because, again, it's a major issue in the U.S., as I'm sure we'll talk about, but also some of the systematic problems that are also happening at the same time, which do contribute to it, not just because I'm saying it, because you say it, because others say it, but experts are saying it also, that it's all kind of part of the same puzzle. But yes, I think things have to be moved, and I think people on the left and even now on the right are starting to realize that no matter what their position is in terms of of gun rights or gun control or whatever they believe in, they realize that things have to change, and they have to change quickly. And you were wise to also include Toronto as well, 
where there were, just in Toronto itself, there were 11 gunfire attacks. No one is blaming Justin Trudeau for the increase of gun violence in Canada, and nor should they, much the same way they'd be wrong to blame any prime minister who was sitting in office or previously sat in office for this. It's now become a societal problem, and we have to deal with it. Well, exactly. And, and I understand where people are coming from with Trump. I mean, I'm not a fan of the guy. You and I have talked about that many times. Yeah. Uh, and I do think that there are certain elements where he does incite violence. But however, and hatred and intolerance, but, <laughs> but... That's that may be the catalyst, but the concern here and the cure has to be of the weapons that are available to people that are uh, inclined that way. And mental health does come into it. Certainly, it does in many instances. But the, yeah. the, and I know that guns have been around for the longest time. We can talk about the constitutional, the Second Amendment rights here, Michael. Right. But the fact is. Automatic weapons, you can kill a lot more people a lot faster uh, than you could back 100 years ago if, if you decided to take a gun and settle something that you thought had to be settled. Yeah, I agree with you, absolutely. And that's why when a lot of people, when they're, they've been blasting away also at the NRA, the, you know, the gun lobby in the U.S., which you know, everyone has a difference of opinion about. You know, I believe in gun rights. I've said this many times. I still do to this example. It's, it's, to me, it's an issue of personal property and private, you know, and private property rights as well. And, but I do agree with a lot of people that the NRA sometimes takes things way, way too far. But it's interesting that everyone is forgetting when they discuss this that the NRA a few years ago had even made a move against assault weapons, at least in terms of what we call bump stocks. Now, for people who collect guns, they know what bump fire stocks are. They're basically these stocks that you can add to any weapon, and it makes it immediately an automatic weapon or an assault weapon, if you'd like. The NRA came out against them a few years ago, and when an organization like that makes a move to ban something of that nature, it's a sign that the needle is shifting in certain ways. But, again, it's got to go back to politicians. It has to be up to governments, whether it be in the U.S., Canada, the U.K., parts of Europe, Asia, etc. Everyone has to make a move, <clears throat> pardon me, in, in a certain direction to ensure that the rights of gun owners, legal, law-abiding gun owners, of which there are m many, the vast majority are, are protected. But at the same time, as you correctly pointed out, Bill, assault weapons are a completely separate issue. So if groups like the NRA can be opposed to bump stocks, which makes a regular weapon into an assault weapon, the New York Post can come out against assault weapons and call for an immediate ban. And I'm sure many Canadians would go along with both of those things now that they're either becoming aware of it or are more aware of it as time goes along. This is a sign that, at least in North America anyways, there is a movement against a particular avenue of the way people use weapons and the way they're using it, not just in terms of things that they do in their own time and leisure in their backyard, but the way they're using it against society, as we've seen in what happened in both El Paso and Dayton. And and there is a difference, and I think that has to be part of the discussion about the types of weapons, uh, and and we understand that. And I I know people that are gun owners, Michael, and I'm sure, of course, you do as well. And yes, I do. Uh, I, I, and there some are hunters, and I you know I, I not my thing, but I, if that's what they want to do, that's what the law says they can do, and I get that. And I, the yep. ones I know are very responsible gun owners. I mean, the the, the weapons are locked away, secured at, in in the proper places at the proper times. That's but right. but what we need to do is have a discussion about how somebody can assemble an arm arsenal such as this guy did in Vegas a year and a half or so ago and yes. and the, well, the biggest mass shooting in American history
history. Uh, the fact that they're accessible, the fact that you can go into a Walmart and buy these sorts of weapons with little to no uh, effort at all is is the I think the the this thing needs to be discussed and and that brings the NRA to the table. It's got to bring politicians to the table, and we've got to sit down and have a discussion about this instead of everybody getting their backs up and getting defensive about it and say it's got to be all or nothing at all or nothing at all. Period. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. But I mean, obviously, we have to take into account, Bill, that gun rights and gun ownership is a very different issue in the U.S. than it is in Canada. And you're right. I know lots of law-abiding hunters who have their licenses in Canada and elsewhere and do things properly, for sure. You're absolutely right. Um, I guess the big issue here is that in the United States, as you pointed out, organizations or companies like Walmart, you, an American can actually go in and purchase a weapon very easily. The problem is vetting and gun checks, I think, now have to be really improved quite dramatically. There are some U.S. states, as we know, where there is very strict le- legislation before you can actually purchase or obtain a weapon, whereas there are other states like Virginia where the law is either very lax or it's basically no one seems to care one way or the other. They, you go to a gun show, you can easily get a weapon, as a lot of different organizations have proven, and some TV shows and radio shows have proven, too. So that's a problem in itself as well. But look, I think that there certainly is an answer to it. I think that society is now ready to create an answer to it. And I think that unfortunately, through all the tragedy that we've seen, as you mentioned, Vegas a couple years ago is a good example of a person who we still don't understand to this day what the motive was. It's still a complete mystery. So what we've seen now in El Paso and Dayton, where a person on the right or believed to be on the political right in El Paso, and a person believed to be on the political left in Dayton, both did something very similar on a weekend, which shows that gun violence affects, whether people like it or not, both sides of the political spectrum, and all the horrible shootings that we've seen in Toronto, which are increasing as time goes along, they're not decreasing, the time is now, and we need action. Let's let's. I know we only got a couple of minutes left here, and I don't think we're going to solve this today. But I'm glad we're having this discussion about it anyway, Michael. Uh, invariably, the 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 word ban comes up. We need to ban assault weapons. We need to ban uh, ban handguns, for instance. Uh, and that that debate's coming up again because of what happened in Toronto this past weekend. Uh, we remember the, the the summer of of the gun, of course, in Toronto a couple of years ago. Uh, I know that there's some concerns that this may be a repeat of what's going on or what did go on in those days too. Uh, is is it useful? Is it fruitful at all to have a discussion about bans, or are we going to try to, uh, I, I guess, temper this and try to find some middle ground so that we can bring more people to the table? Well, you've hit upon an extremely important point, Bill. You really have. It's the word ban. Conservatives, I can speak for because it's just easy for me because I am one. We dislike the word immensely. There's no big secret about that. We hate using it in our vernacular. We hate using it in our policies. We don't even like to put it on the table as a form of light discussion. It's something that we don't believe in because it creates restrictions. It enhances government's control over our daily lives. It allows government to do things that we just don't believe as individual citizens that should be done. In other words, we believe that we should be able to have the right to own a weapon or not own a weapon, the right to drive a car or not to drive a car, or whatever you wish. When you use words like that, which are very loaded, it obviously causes a lot of problems. On the other hand, we have to be fair about it, the word also works sometimes, well, in the negative, it also works in the positive, because it unites people behind something. 
In other words, when you say we are targeting this because it is bad for society or it causes death, carnage, you know, bodily harm, hurts families and their children, ergo we must remove it from society, then sometimes ban can be used as a word to unite people as well. I think the key here is that on the political left, I don't think they're bothered by the word as much. Ban is a word that they commonly use on a regular basis for everything, whether it comes from, say, buying a gun to, you know, washing your windows when it's raining. The left just doesn't, with all due respect, the left doesn't seem to be bothered by the use of this word. So, you need, so to have an effect, it needs to also have the right on side. And while the right doesn't like the word, I think we realize with issues like El Paso, Dayton, Las Vegas, um, the attacks in Florida, that gay nightclub, and various other things, I think pe- the, the conservatives, libertarians, and others are starting to realize that as much as we dislike the word, as much as we dislike the theory, and as much as we would like to have this to become a broader discussion where everybody sits down at a table and tries to figure out the best solutions or the best route for success, I think we are starting to move into a world where, especially with assault weapons, there doesn't seem to be an either-or. This no longer seems to be a gray area. It's either a black or white issue, and we have to take a side one way or the other. Maybe this past weekend has, I hate to use the word trigger, which is no better either, but Mm. maybe it has convinced people, I guess is a better terminology to use, that it's time to act, it's time to fix this, and to realize that for the protection of regular citizens who don't own guns and regular law-abiding Hunters, you know, ducks, you know, hunters, uh, people who hunt animals, ducks, etc. People who do it for sport or for personal pleasure, those two groups need to be protected in some fashion. And assault weapons just doesn't seem to need to be part of our life. And maybe the best thing to do, I hate to say it, is to ban them. Well, and to this point, I, I guess one of the frustrations I feel, and I know you do a lot of writing and, and uh, discussions with a lot of folks south of the border, Michael, uh, the, the, a lot of people characterize this as a partisan issue, and it's not really. I mean, the, the Democrats and Republicans, for instance, on the left and the right, are a lot closer to a middle ground than a lot of people realize. Uh, most Democrats, at least mainstream Democrats, are not saying, hey, we've got to ban guns. Uh, they're saying no. we need to control these. Uh, you know, they, I know that you know in the last election, Trump was saying Hillary's going to take your guns away, and that was never the case at all. Uh, but if they ever, I, what I guess the frustration is, is they polarize each other because of this, and as a result, nothing seems to be getting done. Yes, no, and you're right, and I should be a bit more fair about it. There are obviously Democrats in the U.S. who do not believe in banning guns or banning weapons in general, assault weapons or otherwise. And in fact, many Democrats over the past few elections have campaigned on that. Yes, a lot of them are based in either the Midwest or the South, but nevertheless, they are on side at least to some extent. Um, But you're right. Look, when you put it all together... I think there are ways that both sides of the political spectrum can unite, and I think uh, opposition to assault weapons is probably the easiest place to start, or maybe the one point where they can all come together and recognize that something needs to be done here because our society, unfortunately, is starting to move in a direction that I don't think anybody would be comfortable with, where it's unsafe at times to be on the streets where it's safe at times <clears throat> to go out to a restaurant or a nightclub or a bar or whatever with your family, friends, and other ones. You're well, just getting worried about what we, you know, when we worry about things that we see all around us, Bill, I think we can at least unite to understand that if this issue is going to be resolved, 
the best way to do it is to find some sort of a little nugget to grab a hold of. And maybe through this terrible tragedy in El Paso and Dayton, we found it. We can only hope. Michael, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for your insight into this today. You bet. Have a nice day. You too. Michael Tobe, of course, uh, Troy Media Syndicated columnist with Washington Times. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.